afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Beans. We missed the show on Monday because my dog was up all night on Sunday and I was up with him and then I fell asleep when I was trying to pull an all-nighter because I'm 43 years old and I can't do all-nighters anymore. And then I, I woke up late without my show prep finished and I was exhausted and so I said I'm calling out sick today. I took a personal day. Um, there's also not going to be a show on Friday because I'm traveling up to New York at 3 o'clock this morning or tomorrow morning anyway for the weekend. Um, so I won't have a show on Friday. So you get one show this week. It's me. Hello. We're going to do a lot today. It's super important information. It's very information heavy. And we're going to get started. There was a hearing last week. The Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic did a hearing. And um, I wasn't able to show you any of this because the week was so crazy. But I want to go through some of the clips from that hearing today with you that you probably didn't see. Um, This is FDA Director Peter Marks being questioned at the committee. Let's listen to this line of questioning real quick together. Uh, Dr. Marks, Pfizer submitted their full approval application on May 18th, 2021, correct? That's correct. And January 18th, 2022 was the original required action due date, correct? That's correct. And you worked with Dr. Philip Krauss and Dr. Marion Ruber on this, correct? Thank you. When Pfizer submitted the application, Dr. Krauss and Dr. Gruber oversaw the approval process. According to documents and testimony, they believe they could and should approve the vaccine faster than eight months. They proposed the end of October 2021. You, Dr. Marks, requested September 15th, 2021. They they hesitated but obliged. You, Dr. Marks, then said you wanted it approved even faster than September 15th, but they declined. According to them, after they declined, you and former FDA Commissioner Janet Woodcock relieved them from the roles in the approval process. They said that they felt, quote, substantial pressure, unquote, from you to approve this vaccine faster than they thought was defensible. My question is, did anyone instruct you to speed up the approval timeline faster than September 15th, 2021? Chair Comer, thank you for that question. I think it I, deserves I just have the to next stop. one. For FDA commission. My question is faster question. I think it- Thank you for that question. Thank you so much for that question. If you didn't ask that question, I never would have been able to tell you this gobbledygook I'm about to tell you. Thank you so much for asking that. Anytime anyone says thank you for your question, just, just know immediately. There's not anything good about their answer. They need a minute to think about what they're going to say to you. Just know that. It deserves an explanation, but what was going on during that summer that changed the situation was in the week ending July 10th of 2021, there were 1,645 deaths. In the week ending August 14th, there were 9,406 deaths. There were an increasing number of deaths from COVID-19, and there was clear knowledge that having an approved vaccine would help Americans feel more comfortable getting vaccinated. So, so we felt speeding up the vaccine approval process. So, so, so let me, let me inter- interrupt. Did anyone instruct you, or is this just a decision you made on your own? 
This was a decision that I had made on so, my own. So why were you pressuring the doctors and then removing them from the approval process when they disagreed? The approval process was one that was needed to move as rapidly as possible. Um, one of the physicians. Okay, okay let, let me let me. Uh, we may go back to that. Do, do you recall any conversa conversations regarding the need to approve the vaccines in order uh, for it to then be mandated? There was an acknowledgement that an approval could allow vaccine mandates. Hmm. To occur, but they were not conversations over that. That it were so. Dr. Gruber wrote that you and Dr. Woodcock expressed your opinion that absent a license, states cannot require mandatory vaccination. Do you recall this conversation? I, I don't know what you're, what you're referring to, but um, I, I, there's probably, uh, there's, it's just a statement of fact that once you have a licensed vaccine, uh, a mandate could be uh, placed. Do you, do you recall why Dr. Gruber and Dr. Krauss expressed concern about accelerating the approval of the vaccine? They were concerned about the workload. Okay. Uh, Dr. Gruber wrote that taking a thorough approach was important because of increasing evidence of association of this vaccine and development of uh, myocarditis, especially in young men. Do you recall seeing safety signals regarding myocarditis in young men during this time? There, there were, yes, there were safety signals known and they were placed on the label. Do, do, but, but, but Chair Comer. Let, let, me, let me finish. Did, did you ever have any conversations regarding the vaccine approval with the Department of Defense? I can't recall any conversation directly with the Department of Defense. Did anyone else at FDA have conversations regarding the vaccine approval with Department of Defense? I, I can't speak to the conversation of others I'm just not aware of. Did you express your desire to approve the vaccine by August 20th? Uh, I did. And it was ultimately approved on August 23rd, correct? Correct. And just for the record, the military mandate was issued on the 24th. And that is interesting timing. Mm. Uh, okay, now that we've got that down. Let's move to the next one. Hold on. Here we go. This breaks my heart. I'm sorry. Here we go. Um, as of February 2024, VAERS reports for COVID-19 vaccines total significantly higher than all other vaccines combined since 1990, uh, as, as, as reported. Uh, this, surprising, this is a surprising figure. Dr. Marks was the government prepared for such an avalanche of reports to VAERS, and it kind of goes with what we just mentioned. So, Chair Wenstrup, thank you so much for that question. And I there he is again. Thank you so much for that question. Apologize about your name before. It shows when you're nervous, things can happen. Um, uh, but your, the point is extremely well taken. We, we tried to be prepared for that. But the, the avalanche of reports was tremendous, and it, again, required retasking people on the fly uh, to, uh, I think, for, and I, I'll let my CDC colleagues speak to this, we, we had to usually staff up um, and had many meetings uh, working to increase our uh, ability to go through these reports. What is funny about this, there were an avalanche of adverse event reports 
and you're giggling about having to staff up to, to handle them all? Okay. This is one that got overlooked here. So why were you pressuring the doctors and then removing them from the approval process when they disagreed? The approval process was one that was needed to move we, we as this. rapidly. Heard about accelerating the approval of uh, as, as 23rd, correct? Here we correct. are. And just for the record, the military mandate was issued on the 24th. And that is interesting timing. Um, as of February 2024, VAERS reports for COVID-19 vaccines total significantly higher than all other vaccines combined since 1990, uh, as, as, as reported. Uh, this, surprising, this is a surprising figure. Dr. Marks, was the government prepared for such an... Oh, I already played that. What is this? This is the wrong clip. I wanted to get them both together. I screwed up. My bad. Hold on. Here's another one. This is better. Bear with me. Wanted to ask you each a couple of questions. It's simple, yes or no. Uh, does the COVID-19 vaccine prevent the disease from getting it, from you receiving the disease? Does it? You can't have a yes or no answer to that question because it, it will reduce your risk of serious outcomes such as death. Right, I'm not, I'm not debating whether or not it helps people uh, it mitigates some of the. Uh, but you should but be. What the you people are alive or dead. So I think they they do a very good sure. job of preventing death. Ninety nine percent effective. Ninety five percent effective. Ninety percent effective. Eighty percent effective. Seventy percent effective. Sixty percent effective. Forty percent effective. Thirty percent effective. But guys. They'll stop you from dying if you get COVID. Now, you may die of a heart attack, myocarditis, pericarditis, autoimmune disease, stroke, um, clots, any number of other things. But you won't die from COVID, we don't think. That's not even true either. And hospitalization, I, they may not... We'll keep you out of the hospital, but you may die from prevent they may not prevent i agree infection the 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 mantra the vaccines don't prevent infection guys that's not what vaccines are for okay they're just a therapeutic to help you feel better if you get the thing that they're supposed to prevent does anybody else i'm sure you all do are you all just as frustrated about i can't let this go there are millions of people dying at the time was to stop the Popcorn is in the chat saying, of course, the uh, the efficiency, I'll say efficacy of the shot will diminish. Viruses mutate. Well, no effing duh. That's why there have very rarely ever been successful vaccinations for viruses. Take a gander at what happened when they tried doing this for the first version of SARS. Take a look and see. Viruses mutate. That's why the vaccine doesn't work. Well, why make one? That's called a therapeutic. It's not a vaccine. D don't try and recreate the definition of words now. I don't know. I, you know, I did a, an interview on Steve Dace, and we're going to do some of that together today here about the vSafe system and the free text field data. And 
the definitions of words are just being thrown around and changed like they don't mean anything. They did change it. They changed the definition of the, the word vaccine to fit this glorified toxic therapeutic that people are injecting in themselves. Now, we talked about the psychological aspect of this on the show and how people who got this are in a very bad spot because if they know this information and their eyes are open to it, they are walking around likely living in some fear and nobody likes to do that. If they were part of a group that threatened, coerced, um, or, or otherwise tried to force other people to get it, and they're actually good humans, they're living with the guilt of causing other people to potentially harm themselves. And that's when you'll see them start trying to defend this. Or they're just evil. There's three. That's when you'll start see them trying to defend this. Tell you, oh yeah, it was never meant to actually stop anything. Oh, it was never meant to actually call blah, 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 blah. Don't come at me with that nonsense, please. Of all the people in the world you could choose to start saying, well, of course it's not going to be as effective. Not here. Not here. The spread. And so we were understood that we either did not receive it or could not transmit it when it was released. You Uh, can go back out in public once you get this thing because you are safe. I know eight people in my immediate family, Popcorn. Would you like to debate? I'll give you the phone number. Do you want to call in? We'll have a nice little healthy debate about my family. Want to do that? I'm ready. You let me know and I will gladly grant you the floor and we will go toe to toe on the dangers of these things. I don't know what happened with you. I'm glad that no one in your family or no one you know died of the vaccine. Do you know anyone with cancer? Do you know anyone with a new autoimmune disease? Do you know anyone who had a new stroke? Do you know anyone who had new uh, onset myocarditis or pericarditis? Do you know anybody who all of a sudden had Bell's palsy? Do you know anybody? I do. Plenty. Plenty. And yes, Reese, I'm going to show you the gaslighting in full view in a second, but we're going to finish this clip. Uh, Could you speak to that, Dr. Jernigan? Can you receive it or can you transmit it after receiving the COVID-19 vaccines? Yeah, I think having worked at CDC for 30 years and seen the benefits of vaccine, you know, we have to make the best recommendation. Can you transmit it or can you receive it after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine? We need to make the best recommendations that we have. That's a yes or no question. It's very simple. Commander Grimes, can you receive? I think we uh, we we make the best recommendations for the public as we can you still get COVID after getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Yes. 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 Okay. That's correct. Does it prevent you from transmitting it? Although it may, there's there's data that shows that earlier in the pandemic, there was some reduction in transmission. The data on that are very challenging to um, uh, to pin down, but it does not absolutely prevent transmission. So it, it does not prevent transmission. Thank you very much. Um, I would ask you, Dr. Jernigan, why does the CDC website then list it as a vaccine preventable disease and why does it call it a recommended immunization? Vaccine preventable diseases are referring to things that benefit from getting the vaccine. What we know with COVID is it does prevent you from getting severe disease, hospitalizations, and deaths. I agree. No one's questioning that. No one's questioning that. Well, you Uh, should be. The problem with these people is they don't question anything that they should be questioning. They question things when they're safe to question. Okay? 
He questions this when it's safe. We've been demanding accountability for this thing since it rolled out. I understand. Yes, it does prevent death. It does. It does. It prevents death and serious death. No. There, the, the issue right now and why we're seeing a bunch of vaccine hesitancy is because the information coming from the federal government has been murky at best on this subject. And so people don't know what to trust. And so my question to you is why do you list this along with other very proven that have a long set of scientific data uh, as, as, a, as a vaccine that prevents disease? All vaccines have variable different levels of effectiveness, and so this is a vaccine-preventable disease uh, just like all the others are. Okay. Yeah, you just told us it doesn't prevent you from getting the virus, and then out of the other side of your mouth, you're telling us that it's a vaccine-preventable disease. So I want to show you here. You're safe and effective. And then we're going to go on to what happened yesterday. And then we're going to go on to V-Safe. Very important exercise. Please share this with your friends. I want everyone to understand what is going on here. Please. Here. The American public can rest assured that the vaccines that are authorized or approved are safe and effective. The science shows that we should all have confidence that COVID-19 vaccines are both safe and effective. Can you still get COVID after getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Yes. 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 Okay. That's correct. Does it prevent you from transmitting it? It does not absolutely prevent transmission. So it, it does not prevent transmission. Thank you very much. Yes or no. Is any pharmaceutical 100% safe? We know no this pharmaceutical is 100% safe. As clinicians, uh, we all recognize that no medical intervention is risk-free. When you say safe and effective, that's relative in your mind, but it's not to the person at home. They hear 100% safe and 100% effective. That's what they hear. They hear it when you tell them that too, because it happened over and over and over and over again. It's 100% safe. It's 100% effective. It's, it's, this is, remember the beginning clip? You remember the beginning commercial. If you're audio only, we played the Ghosts in the Machine government PSYOP commercial to start the show here. This is why words matter. Dr. Fauci in his testimony even said you can never say that any treatment is 100% safe. Yet in essence, that's what people heard and are still hearing today. And from there, we move on to what happened just yesterday. Different headlines. Here we go. Now I want everyone to understand uh, the study that was done here checked for 11, just 11 conditions, 11 conditions. COVID vaccines linked to slight increases in heart, brain, and blood disorders. Study. Slight. Slight increases. Nothing big. Largest ever COVID vaccine study linked shot to small increase in heart and brain conditions. Just a small one. Not a big one. Just little. COVID vaccines linked to rare heart and brain disorders. Rare, says vaccine study. Rare. COVID vaccines linked to neurological blood and heart-related issues. The Global Vaccine Data Network... Recently conducted a comprehensive evaluation. Oh, it was 13. 13 neurological blood and heart related medical conditions to determine if there is an increased risk following vaccination. A recent peer reviewed study has revealed rare occurrences of heart, brain and blood disorders associated with the COVID vaccines from companies like Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca. This comes after concern mounts about the uptick in COVID-19 infections abroad. 
And uh, the Department of Health slamming that people who are vaccinate against COVID-19 are believed to be dying. The largest COVID vaccine study to date has identified some risks associated with the shot. Safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Largest ever global study of COVID vaccines finds small but real link. Small but real, not fake, real. Small but real. Small but real. Largest ever global study of COVID vaccine finds small but real link to neurological blood heart related conditions. Vaccines that protect against severe illness, death, and lingering long COVID symptoms protect against severe illness, death. We know what the IFR, the infection fatality rate for COVID is. We knew then what the infection fatality rate for COVID is. It's less than 1% for 90% of the population. Even with multiple comorbidities, it's the rare events identified early in the pandemic include a higher risk of heart-related inflammation from mRNA shots and an increased risk of a type of blood clot in the brain after immunization with viral vector vaccines, such as the one developed by the University of Oxford and made by AstraZeneca. The viral vector jabs were also tied to an increased risk You get the picture. 99 million people included in the largest global vaccine safety study to date. Let's see what the news is saying about this. Are you ready? Here's Fox News. I don't know why the volume keeps getting turned down on these things. Here. What kind of symptoms may you have? You could potentially have numbness and tingling in your legs, in your feet, and that numbness and tingling and paralysis can move up into your diaphragm, which can cause difficulty breathing. So it's critical if you have any underlying medical conditions, or even if you don't, that you always see your doctor once a year, talk to your doctor about your medical history, about what vaccines are right for you. There's a lot of good vaccines that are out there. Um, a lot of vaccines that help keep us safe and healthy, like tetanus, measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis, those sorts of things, polio. But there are some vaccines out there that, although the risk is small for the trying majority to cut of her the off. population, it still exists, and we have to be aware of those got risks. And got it, got it. Stop talking. You're saying too much. Stop talking. We understand. We're being paid, guys. We can't have you saying these things on air. Please stop. Please stop saying that there's a risk with these things that people need to consider. Don't say it anymore. Please stop. And then there was this. This one blew me away. Just wait. Propaganda. Gaslighting. Mental gymnastics, the likes of which I've never seen. Listen to this. Uh, here. <laughs> In terms of how widespread the adverse event reporting has been, uh, talk us through what the findings were. Yeah, so these findings are not really uh, at all surprising. We've known about these uh, side effects really since the vaccines began rolling out uh, at the end of um, 2020, early 2020. We knew all about this, guys. We knew. We knew. Did you just hear the CDC and the... We knew about this. I mean, this is, this is nothing new. Just wait. 
2021, um, we've seen um, this uh, uh, myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle, pericarditis, inflammation of the, the sac. How many of you guys knew that before you went out and, and got your children vaccinated when their chance of having any problem with this was so minuscule it was barely measured to protect your 95-year-old great-grandma? How many of you knew that your child, you knew that they could get myocarditis at six? You knew it. You knew it. Come on, he's telling you, you knew. You kidding me? Back around the heart, um, as well as this um, unusual blood uh, clot that um, forms in the brain from um, the, the virus vector vaccine. So none of these findings are, are new, um, but they are actually fairly reassuring um, because they didn't find anything uh, else. That's They're reassuring, guys. They didn't find anything else. This is a reassuring study because they didn't find anything else because they only looked at 13. What, what, who? I was left speechless after watching this. Um, was, uh, was that all alarming, Heidi? Mm. And it did look at a few different vaccine types as well. Was there any difference across them? There was indeed. Uh, yes, they did see this increased uh, risk for uh, for the brain uh, blood clot in um, in relation to the AstraZeneca uh, viral uh, virus vector vaccine, and uh, and also we did see um, the increased risk of, of myocarditis and pericarditis um, with the mRNA vaccines. They are the ones made by Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna. There were some other um, interesting findings as well. Guillain-Barré syndrome um, was shown to be uh, a, a, um, an event of concern linked to um, mostly to the Oxford um, AstraZeneca uh, virus uh, vector vaccine. Um, otherwise, um, uh, everything else was, was pretty much as um, we had already. We already knew. As we already knew. I'm just going to read a rumble rant from Professor Dave. Thank you, sir. I questioned the data set of the study, noting small increases in those major side effects. How many sudden deaths were not questioned and the vax was never attributed? Hashtag cause unknown. Amen. And as a matter of fact, to that point, after listening to that absolutely ridiculous gaslighting, here is Dr. John Campbell. Dr. John Campbell, who was pro-vaccine. He was. Was. Heck. He's going on here. Total civilian deaths in World War II, 70,000. So the last couple of years, excess deaths for reasons that aren't being explained, aren't even being addressed for questions that aren't even being asked more deaths than civilian UK deaths in World War II. We lost a lot more combatants than that, but they were civilian deaths. United States. Look at this. Look at this. Um, we 1 to 37, 2023, the OEC data. Um, 155,000 more Americans died than we expect, attributable to COVID, 76,000. Again, quite how accurate that is, we don't have full data, but... We can see a lot of people died. That's not attributable to COVID. 7.8% more than we would expect dying. In 2022 in the United States, it was uh, getting on for half a million, 495,749, 17.53% above what we would expect. Add together the two years 
So the 155,000 that died in 2023, first 30, uh, that's only the first 37 weeks, of course, where we have data. Uh, the getting on half a million that died in 2022, we get 651,512. Now, again, this is sort of my era time uh, being brought up during the Vietnam War. Um, total US National Archive, the US National Archive show that 58,220 US soldiers died during that appalling conflict. So we have a situation here where and to Professor's point, 651,000 that we're looking at now, excess deaths. How many of those? And no, no, delayed treatment because COVID does not attribute for 651,000 excess deaths in two years. Okay. We've lost 650,000 Americans. Um, more than more than ten times more than died in the Vietnam era. In the Vietnam era, rightly, there was massive uh, demonstrations over the whole country. Um, the whole uh, anti-war movement. So, what does this mean? Well, I want to move into an exercise with you. I have right here. Bear with me. I have right here on screen the V-Saved free text field data from the CDC's app that they created to monitor for safety signals after the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. A doctor's group in Texas sued for the CDC to release this data under FOIA. The CDC had claimed they were going to release this data under FOIA, never did, held it back, fought in court. They lost. They have to re release it. The judge ordered they release this data in order of its receipt. So what we are about to do together is the beginning, I would say probably, don't quote me on this because I haven't seen every entry yet, 24 to 72 hours after getting this shot, what people are experiencing. Inputting it into the, it, the there were a, a series of check boxes that you could check off on your own. And, and I, there's a, a heated debate going on in the chat right now and I want to, recognize something that's jersey girl just said somebody's saying well viruses mutate so obviously the vaccine isn't going to be effective the entire time and what this person is not um is not thinking about at all and probably hasn't researched is what jersey girl is saying here the vaccine created pressure for the, vac the virus to mutate and that's how delta came so if if everyone had just let alpha get herd immunity naturally we would have been finished I don't think it was Delta, but I do think that, as Geert van den Bosch has said, immune pressure from the vaccines has caused the serious mutations that have been going on. However, there's been reporting about Omicron that we've done. It's a big topic. Long story short, there's a lot of facets to this. And I hope that Popcorn in the chat will stay and listen to what I'm about to say, because it's super important to have this information. This, again is the government's release of data under order from a judge of what users who went out and freely got the vaccine from the time it was released until whenever they decided they wanted to do their part and get the shot to help everyone else the way they were lied to and told. 
And they did it. They weren't vaccine skeptics. They weren't vaccine hesitant. They weren't afraid of getting the shot. They went out because they were told that it was safe and effective and it would help stop the pandemic. And then they could go back to work and they could go on cruises and they could go to concerts and they could have their lives back. These are all those people excited to get this damn thing. Okay, they had a series of things they could pick out of a drop down, out of a a checkbox field of all of the different things that could happen, swellness at the, swelling at the injection site, uh, you know, chills, fever, malaise. The CDC told them these are normal things that happen after you get vaccines. They also included a field where you could input your free text data, meaning you could write in there whatever you wanted outside of the pre-selected options they gave you. And people did. So what I want to do right now is take a take a, um, a, a a bunch of suggestions for words to search for from the audience so that we can look through this database together. You can find this on the ICANN website. If you go to ICANN, you can get this yourself and download it. I have personally sorted this and by the registrant code, which is the user ID. It's a number. And I have conditionally formatted the column to group together duplicates so people who made more than one entry just because I wanted to see in this first batch what people reported over time in the first few days of this let me really quick let me do this for everybody let me do this for everyone no I can informed consent. I got to get the website. Hold on. I'm going to put the link. Because a lot of people didn't understand how to find this stuff. Here's the vSafe data. This is an interactive dashboard because I can sued for the for the the availability for the checkboxes and got it, you can sort by all different things, symptoms, the month they registered, how many times they checked in, the health impacts, it's all here on this dashboard. If you go to ICANDECIDE, I-C-A-N-D-E-C-I-D-E.org and click on vSafe data, you'll find it. And then here, you'll see free text data. You can download this spreadsheet for yourself and go through this exercise on your own. Let's, let's um, it, it's an Excel sheet, it opens in Excel. And then you can just hit control F and find things. So I did a search. Let's just do tachycardia. We're just going to search for tachycardia. Again, that's a medical term that a lot of people don't know. But there are 1,617 cells of people saying that they had tachycardia. Here's one, tachycardia. Brief tachycardia. 30 seconds post-injection with dizziness, intense flushing, tachycardia, and hypertension. Trend toward SOB, resolving after five to six minutes. I had mild tachycardia post-injection that lasted about an hour, heart rate 100 to 110. Resolved spontaneously, about six hours post-injection, I had a low-grade fever, mild headache, and mild body aches. The next morning, I had deltoid ache, but otherwise I felt fine. By 48 hours post-injection, my arm no longer ached and I've got zero symptoms beginning 10 minutes post-injection I had tachycardia my heart rate was in the 130s facial flushing lightheaded jittery two hours later it is down to the 90s still have the other symptoms 
Had COVID-19 marched through June of 2020, history, reactive airway disease. Today, after the vaccine, had intermittent numbness of hands, face, tongue, coordination issues, feeling drunk like after taking muscle relaxants, mild tachycardia, and chest discomfort. Next, tachycardia, palpitations, tachycardia, tachycardia, shortness of breath, tachycardia, facial numbness, tachycardia. So let's look up numbness. Again, this is right after. There are 4,794 entries for numbness. My right pinky still has some numbness, mostly towards the tip and along the inside of the pinky. Right pinky, same person. Right pinky still having numbness and loss of sensation. Seems to be getting better, but not gone, even after a week from getting the vaccine. Also, pain in my right thigh is still present. Numbness on upper arm. Tingling and numbness in extremities and mouth. Numbness in fourth and fifth digit. Extreme dizziness and extremity numbness. Numbness in fingers. Two hours post-vaccination. Sensation of partial numbness at the tip of my tongue. Lasts several hours, but it's mild. So I'm only reporting it as I notice it after the first vaccination, too. Numbness and tingling in the arm and hand. Facial flushing and facial numbness. Numbness in right foot, high blood pressure, ears popping. Flushing, numbness, and pressure in the face and ear on the same side as the injection. Numbness on the left side of the face. Tingling and numbness in the right hand and fingers radiating down from injection site. Intermittent numbness to the right pinky and ring finger. Should I keep going? That's numbness. Let's look at swelling. 9,516. Secondary sinus infection after injection site swelling and fever. Mouth tenderness and swelling. Mild warmth palpable to area over the injection site, although not so noticeable swelling or redness. Lymph nodes swelling in the armpit. Started feeling itchiness at the site of injection on day eight, which worsened the next day. Redness and swelling was also noted. Applied antihistamine cream and they resolved. Swelling and discomfort from injection site extends down under my armpit. Pain and swelling in the armpit. Eye swelling and pain on the side of vaccination. Eye swelling and pain. Slight swelling along the jawline, middle chin to ear. Slight swelling along the right jawline. Axillus swelling and tenderness in the side of the injection. Lymph node swelling. Extreme swelling and itching at the injection site lasting two days. Here's one that I found that is very odd, and I did this with Steve. Tattoo. Just, oops. I'm spelling it wrong. Here we go. There are 21 reports like this. Tattoos became raised and itchy. I have tattoos. They all seem to be irritated. It feels like the ink is risen and it's itchy. Discoloration of tattoo at vaccine site. Metallic taste in mouth. That was another one. Metallic taste in mouth. Also injection site where I have a tattoo and the color is now gone. Slight metallic taste. Injection site lifted the ink from my tattoo. 
Metallic taste. Injection site took the tattoo color away. My tattoos are swollen and itchy. Tattoos felt itchy yesterday. Good today. Tattoo raised out of skin on same arm as injection. Two-day-old tattoo had no pain prior to injection. By hour one, post-injection, tattoo area was swollen and radiating mild heat. By two hours, muscle under newly tattooed areas had pain. Tattooed area is on top of left thigh, and it is so painful, it's it's affecting my ability to walk properly. Miscarriage. 55. After my first vaccine, I had a miscarriage. Actually, January 7th. My doctor didn't think it was related, but I should just report it anyway. Miscarriage on January 22nd. Miscarriage at nine weeks one day. Bleeding in pregnancy, possible miscarriage. Miscarriage. Miscarriage, itchiness, redness, swelling at injection site. Miscarriage, baby likely passed before vaccine. Miscarriage, dizziness and miscarriage. Miscarriage, bleeding, dizziness. Miscarriage of five weeks, pregnancy. I had a very early miscarriage that began the day after receiving the vaccine. I had a miscarriage two days ago at eight weeks. Miscarriage. I was six weeks pregnant when I received my vaccine. I had a miscarriage a week later. Got the vaccine 1226, miscarried on New Year's Day. And I'm doing a search for the word baby because I want you to see this. And Reese, I'm so sorry. I had to take my baby to the ER and I'm calling my doctor as soon as my baby's taken care of. I'm breastfeeding and my baby also has a rash. I'm at the ER with him now to get him checked out. I'm also having bad night sweats, saturating my clothing, and cold sweats with hot flashes during the day. Postpartum had a baby. My exclusively breastfed baby has been uncharacteristically, inconsolably fussy in the past 24 hours. I have a feeling I have a teething, fussy baby. I'm lactating and my breastfed baby had a a fever of 103.7. Currently breastfeeding, baby had diarrhea 12 hours after vaccine for a day. Breastfeeding baby is two months old and received his two-month-old vaccinations today. I'm currently breastfeeding and my baby had slept more than usual today. I'm breastfeeding my newborn baby and she broke out into a rash. She has red bumps on her neck, torso, and legs that her doctor said was from her immune system fighting off a virus. I'm a lactating mother. Not sure if this fatigue is from the shot or an overtired baby. Decreased pump milk output. Did not, did not notice change in baby. Did, mm, breastfeeding mom, baby is okay. Breastfeeding mom, baby is good. There's a few of these. They're all the same person. My baby who I am breastfeeding is congested. I'm breastfeeding. My baby gets allergic after drinking my milk. Let me just do something I haven't done yet. I did a search for heart attack. 
had a heart attack eight hours after the vaccine in the hospital. My entire left upper, upper quadrant was in pain all night. Felt, feel like I may be having a heart attack. Still have occasional heart palpitations. Feel like possible clots forming in them. No signs of a stroke or heart attack. Thank heavens. Felt like I was having a heart attack with chest and shoulder pain, short of breath. Yesterday, I had incredible chest pain, lasted for a few minutes, then stopped. Thought I might be having a heart attack. Have never had this feeling before. Had a coworker near me and let her know. Thought it could be from the injection. Dizziness, ER visit, 1229. Dizziness, numbness, tingling, fast heart rate, BP 80 over 40. Nausea, feeling of losing bowel, bladder control, confusion, agitation, dilated pupils, visual changes. Thought stroke, heart attack, ruled out at the ED. 1231, steroids, and beta blockers. Somebody had mast cell activation after the shot. Somebody in the chat, throw out a word for me to search in this early data right after the shot. And you tell me, if, if, if you were at the CDC as a physician receiving 400,000 of these, would you or would you not say, this is the biggest experiment on mankind ever in history. Maybe we should stop for a second. Maybe we should stop for a second. Seven cells paralyzed. While holding a paralyzed, rigid patient over during care, my left arm muscles and nerve became painful and I was unable to straighten out my arm. This lasted 10 minutes. Right side of my face is paralyzed. Right eye paralyzed movement. My face feels a bit numb, like something might be slightly paralyzed, but seems to be slowly improving. My face muscles became temporarily paralyzed about 25 minutes after receiving the shot. That sounds normal. It lasted about 10 minutes and I regained movement. However, I still feel numbness in my face, but I can move my muscles for now. These are all people that went out and got the shot. For about 30 minutes, my face across the bridge of my nose and my cheeks under my eyes felt paralyzed and my eyes couldn't focus very well. It wasn't, it wasn't extreme and it went away fairly quickly. It happened about 45 minutes after I got the shot. I felt paralyzed sniffed stiffness. I feel like paralyzed stiffness all over my body. Well, hold, oh, that's the last one. Migraine. Let's do migraine. And then we will move on. Again, you guys can all do this. 2,605 cells. There's headache too. We can do that. History of migraines, not new. Migraine, migraine and nausea. Had a migraine a few hours after receiving it. Pain in left arm at ejection site. Migraine, migraine, headache, but I get migraines. Migraine. I'm prone to migraines. I took my migraine medicine to relieve it. I've been feeling better, but I'm extra thirsty. Headaches that turned into migraines in one 24-hour period where my neck and traps were very stiff and sore. First complex migraine I've ever had. I've never had an oral with my migraines before. Extreme migraine, back of my head. Migraine, never experienced one before. Two migraines since injection, today worse, but have medical history of chronic migraines. I have a very bad, I had a very bad migraine last night for hours. I wasn't able to eat anything and I was so nauseous. 
sleepy but not fully fatigued i'm prone to migraines so this is a very mild headache but so far it has been constant headache symptoms feel like the beginning of a migraine Let's see real quick. ED. This might be finding. That's going to find everything. Let me quote it. You get the picture, right? You get the picture. You can all look at this data for yourself. If you want to continue to ignore that these things are ridiculously harmful, by all means, but you're not going to stop the rest of us from trying to warn as many people as possible about this. You're not blocked from the chat, Rapunzel. I see everything you're saying. Saw that. And again, I want to track these folks as time moves on. Let's just do a look for people who were unable to continue their normal activities, which was a uh, a checkbox available in this. We're going to look at the Pfizer shot and we're going to look at all age groups. There were a half a million people who could not continue normal activities after receiving their their injection. 517,436 people impacted by that with 757,127 impact health impacts reported. You can choose to ignore the data that is right in front of our face. And if that makes you feel better, I understand the psychological reasons you might want to do that. Or you can just come to terms with what's happened here so that we can stop this from happening ever again. And that's my goal. We have to come to terms with what's happened here and demand accountability for it so it never happens again. Every one of these vaccine manufacturers is looking to use the same mRNA technology to roll out every vaccine from here on out. They're trying to change the flu. They're tr- Why? Let me just ask you one simple question to end this if you're a skeptic. For years during COVID, we were told the spike protein is deadly. That's what causes the problem, the spike Protein is deadly, dangerous, and terrible. Why then would you inject a substance into your body that instructs your cells to produce the same spike protein you have been warned about for years and it instructs instructs your cells to produce that spike protein in perpetuity? They do not know when it ends. They do not know how long it takes for it to end. There is spike protein in people's bodies years after receiving a vaccine. So everybody went out and injected themselves with the code, in quotes, to tell their body to make the very thing that everybody was told was so deadly. And that's what I'll leave you with today. Please share this with your friends. If you have been affected by this, please continue to share your stories. I feel for every one of you. I have family who's been affected by this as well and friends. And it it hurts me to my core. And I will never stop talking about it. So if this is boring to you, I apologize, but I'm probably not the greatest place to be. Every time we have good stuff, new stuff like this, good data come out, I'm going to be sharing it with you in detail because that is the only way we will ever stop this from happening again. God bless you all, and I will be back 
on Monday.